You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. I'm John B. from YangGreenNation.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to it. Your options include iTunes and Spotify, and please leave the show a good review in iTunes. And while you're doing it, leave your Twitter handle to have a chance to win a subscription to Pro Football Focus with all of their stats and grades. Well, it's the rare Monday where we are not looking at a Sunday game for the Jets because the Jets played Thursday night. Today, I don't really have any big theme in mind. There are just a couple scattered thoughts that came to my head over the course of the weekend, so we're just going to kind of go through them one by one. The Jets are now 4-5. and five. They're a little past the halfway point of the season. They have a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up this coming Sunday in Tampa Bay. But after that is their bye. So... If you factor in the extra days that come in after the Thursday night game this week against Buffalo, or last week against Buffalo, you're looking at a nice little period here for the Jets. They will only play one game between November 2nd and November 26th, and it is this game against Tampa Bay. And that's, that's a good thing for this time of year. This is the time of year where... The hits really start to add up. Uh, teams are, you can start to see it on players and their performance, how the physicality of an NFL season is kind of taking something out of them. So it's a nice little break for the Jets here. They have this game against Tampa Bay, then they don't play again until the 26th, and that's with three extra days this week to prepare. You don't really see that too frequently in the NFL at this point of the year to get this kind of break. So it's going to be it's going to be a really good thing for the Jets. They're going to be able to kind of rest up for the home stretch of the season, kind of get healthy, have some of their bumps and bruises heal, and we'll see what this team can make of it heading to the finish. Now this game against Tampa Bay on the 12th this coming Sunday is going to be important, but when the schedule came out this year, this was a stretch that I really had my eye on because you usually don't see a team at this point of the season get this kind of break. Now, sometimes teams have late buys, but then you add in the three extra days from playing the Thursday night game. Now you got something really nice here. And it'll impact the Jets in other ways. It'll give the coaching staff maybe a chance to step back, take a, take a breath, and review the film and assess how they're using the players, whether there might be a more effective way to utilize a player, whether you have an idea, another play you can install. It's just going to be a, a really nice thing for this Jets. It's a, it's a very nice luxury. And I think when the schedule comes out in the season, before the season, people fixate on the quote-unquote strength of schedule, which is always kind of silly because you never really know who the good teams are going to be and who the bad teams are going to be. This whole perception tends to come on from how good a team was last year. Well, the NFL gives you example after example of teams that decline, teams that raise their level of play. It's always kind of silly to judge a quality of an opponent before the season because you don't know how a team's going to be. You don't know the injuries they're going to suffer. So it's a, it's one of those things that always gets overstated. You have a handful of teams like you know New England's going to be good every year, but they're just really you know you know Cleveland's probably going to be bad every year. But most teams 
you don't really know whether they're going to be good or bad, and a lot of it has to do with breaks that occur during the season, whether they get some injury luck, whether ball bounces the right way, team gets on a little roll, or the opposite, a team has some bad luck and losing starts to snowball. So it's a, that's always kind of a tricky way to judge a schedule, but one, th- one way you can judge a schedule is where does the buy come and where are some of the other periods of rest. And this was something that really kind of jumped off the page to me when I saw the Jets' schedules, that they have all this rest in November. I'm of the belief that you always want the bye as late as possible, because just because of how physical the NFL season is. You will have accumulated more hits by this point of the year than you would when you have an early bye. It also gives you a chance to get fresh later in the year, fresh for the home stretch than you would if you had an early bye. That depends on the team. There are some instances where an early bye helps the team. I think about two years ago when the Jets had an early bye. They played a London game relatively early in the season, so they got the bye right after that. And that was actually a point of the season where the Jets had a lot of injuries to key players. So the bye came out. It was good for the Jets two years ago that they had the early bye. But this year, I think the bye is coming at the right time. It's a chance for the Jets to get get a little healthy and uh, we'll see what we'll see what comes of it. But I think this is a this is a promising stretch for the Jets. It's the kind of stretch that can set them up for for the run to the finish of the season. And while we're talking to the run of the finish of the season, um, one of the things that keeps coming up is which games can the Jets win? Which games are they going to lose? And I go back to what I said before the start of the season. I go back to what I said about about assessing the schedule before the start of the season, and it's it's even true right now. Within the season, things change drastically from week to week in the NFL, and we're not just talking injuries, we're talking the performance of teams. And let me give you an example of that. A few weeks ago, people were looking at this Jets game against Denver, and they were saying, well, the Jets don't really have much of a chance against the Broncos. And I'm not sure... It's going to be an easy game. In fact, I know it's not going to be an easy game, and the Broncos probably will be favored in that game in a few weeks, and they probably should be. I think they are the more talented of the two teams. But if you're looking at this right now, you got to say, this is not necessarily the Herculean task it was made out to be, and that's just a few weeks ago. Things change very quickly in the NFL. So, of course, we prognosticate. That's what we do. We try and figure out what's going to happen. We try and break down the quality of teams. But it's always important to keep in mind that things change quickly in the NFL. And you can never tell for sure how good an opponent's going to be in advance of when you play them. And I'll say this, is that maybe Denver figures it out. Maybe Denver turns things around a little bit. And that game in a few weeks is tougher than what we are expecting right now. That's the, that's the reverse to it. I mean, look at Tampa Bay heading into the season. You thought a trip to Tampa Bay would be a very difficult task. Now, there's no such thing as an easy road game in the NFL. I'm certainly not guaranteeing a Jets win, but it's looking like a much easier task than it did at the start of the season. And that's something to remember. It's something to keep in mind as you prognosticate the end of the Jets season. As you always have to approach these things with a little bit of humility because you don't really know how a team's going to respond during the season, whether, of course, injuries or whether, you know, the thing about the NFL is winning can pile up, winning can build a team's confidence, and losing can pile up as well. You look at this Jets team from top to bottom, and this is not really a team when you're looking at talent that necessarily 
is a better roster, is a much better roster than people thought going into the season. Now, it's a little bit better. Of course, there were, you know, the stories about how this is the worst roster in 10 years. It's not that bad, but you look at the the quality of this roster compared to other teams. I don't think there are a lot of teams you would trade the Jets roster for. But they're exceeding expectations because, well, the coaching's done a pretty good job. Some players have stepped up a little bit more than you thought they would. And it seems like the Jets have a little momentum to them. And so, you know, a few weeks, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, people looked at the Jets. They said that's an easy win, and they're finding that's not not the case. And this Jets Jets team has built a little confidence as the year goes on. So the Jets themselves are a little bit of a tougher out than people expected. So that's just something I say to keep in mind heading forward. Now, you look at some of the key players down the stretch and it's going to be they're going to be key players not just from the standpoint of what they'll do on the field but the Jets are going to have to make some decisions about players heading into the offseason and a guy I really have my eye on is Morris Claiborne who's done a really solid job for the Jets this year I think you would have to call that signing a success the Jets got him and they're not paying that much for him for for a number one corner now is Claiborne a guy you want as a number one corner or is he better as a second banana, I, we can debate that, but Claiborne's done an effective job for the Jets. The big question with him, as always, is injuries, and an injury has popped up. It cost him some time in the Atlanta game, and it cost him some time last Thursday against Buffalo. He sat that one out, so that's going to be something to watch down the stretch. The Jets are going to have to make a decision on Claiborne at the end of the season. Do they re-sign him? Do they let him go? And I think his ability to bounce back from this injury is going to have an impact there in terms of, first of all, whether, whether they make a big push to keep him, but second of all, do they, how much money are they going to offer him? I think Claiborne's a tricky, a tricky guy because this is the type of player who, if you're not careful, you can, give, you can put yourself into the type of contract that's not that good. You can put yourself into a, to, into a bad contract very quickly, but if you go too crazy over, well, Claiborne was great this year. Well, it's not, not about how you are this year. It's about how you're going to be going forward. And Claiborne's ability to stay healthy is going to be a key part of that. Now, of course, we are in that stretch we discussed earlier about how the Jets are in a the Jets are not playing many games over the next few weeks. So he's going to have a chance to get healthy. But his status heading to the end of the season, I think, plays a big role in what the Jets do this offseason, how they approach him. So he's, he's a guy I'm watching, not just for his quality of play, but whether he can get healthy. And I think you, know, you, would, you would hope that with all this time off, he should be rested and refreshed and healthy for the home stretch. But something that bears watching, will he re-aggravate an injury? Will he suffer something else? These are the types of things you have to keep your eye on heading to the finish of the season. So Claiborne is a guy to keep your eye on for any number of reasons. And finally, I just want to talk a little bit about what happened in the NFL this weekend. Um, Jets did not play this Sunday. It's rare that you don't get a Jets Sunday, so you get to enjoy some other games. It's the best, I always say it's the best kind of weekend because you know the Jets already have a win, so you can just go and enjoy and watch the other teams. And, of course, the team that really sticks out from a New York context is the Giants, who, well, the Giants look like the way people, look like the team people thought the Jets were going to be. I mean, they just look, they can't get out of their own way. And... This year's Giants team makes last year's Jets team look like a well-oiled machine. I mean, they come out, they come off a bye and lose 51-17 to the Rams, who 
the Rams are having a good year, but I mean, it's just unbelievable how bad the Giants look now. And I'll tell you, I'm not a big believer in getting rid of a coach quickly. I, I think you, most cases you have to give coach or GM four years before you you make a move. You just have to give them a chance to implement their system. And really the only exception is if you just have a disaster. And I think the Giants have a disaster on their hands right now. Ben McAdoo seems lost. And the Giants have suffered some key injuries. There's there's no way around. They're not putting their full team on the field. Even when they were putting their full team on the field, they were losing games. And when you lose 51-17 to off a of bye, especially against a West Coast opponent playing an early start, a 10 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast, and you put in that kind of effort. And, I mean, people were questioning that, that the effort of the Giants left and right on the post-game shows yesterday. People in the league, I mean, I just don't see how you survive it. The team locker room seems like a mess. He's suspending. He has to suspend players left and right. Seems like seems like it's just a total disaster right now for the Giants, and I don't see how McAdoo can survive it. And I, I think the Giants are crazy if they bring McAdoo back after this season. It's been a total cata- catastrophe, and I think... You know, the, the play that really sticks out is apparently it was apparently the first time in 28 years an NFL team converted on a third and 30 or more, and the, the Rams scored a touchdown on, it, on a screen. And, I mean, the thing that, that jumps off the page of that screen is just the lack of effort by Eli Apple. And I usually don't like to, to question a player's effort, but you can tell Apple Apple went out of his way to avoid a tackle there, and that's just something that can't happen. It's, it's really just kind of a statement on the type of coaching they, they have. It just doesn't seem like players are buying in, and it doesn't seem like players are putting in the type of effort that needs to happen. So I think, you know, if you're a Jets fan who doesn't like the Giants, and I, I'm kind of neutral on the Giants, I, I don't really have, I don't have anything for them, but I don't really have a lot against them. I, I just can't get into it when they don't play for the, you know, they're, they're not competing with each other. They play once every four years, not competing for the same playoff spots. It's really not a team I consider a major rival, but I know a lot of you do, and I bet you're probably basking in what the Giants are doing right now, and that's a team that looks like it's on its way to making some major changes, if what we saw yesterday is any indication. Well, thanks for tuning in today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Your options include iTunes and Spotify, and please give the show a good review in iTunes with your Twitter handle, so you have a shot to win a free Pro Football Focus subscription. Hope you have a great Monday. We'll be back again on Tuesday.